fantasy news, fantasy updates, fantasy clowning. We doing it all the time, baby. Champ and chump, fantasy dump. I'm your host, Chump. <laughs> the champ's here. I'm with my boy, Champ. We call him Commiss Tommy B. Forfeiting a season to get picks for the next year? Is it worth it? I mean, he's a nut job and a half, man. <laughs> Damn, boy. Champ and Chump, fancy dump. champ feeling good man got a little present from the uh august santa claus i guess you could call him mr uh chump himself dropped off some golf gear for your boy and some other boys around here today so appreciate it we have an outing this weekend we gotta look good we gotta you know be in proper alignment with our accessories and i think we're gonna be Mm -hmm. top top five top three i'm calling it right now possibly number one in this year's um outing that we're in i think this is big time oh yeah we got some we got two teams out there some solid teams some big hitters you know we're gonna be looking good in that scramble mm-hmm. no doubt no doubt no doubt all right man what's the news we got people that are on the list we got people that were false positive bitching out the nfl my boy maddie staff what's going on is anything i mean anything you want to talk about not really man i mean it's you know the covid's People going on the list, people going off the list every day now, and then we got some false positives out there, like you said with Stafford, that he and then he so he tested positive, then the next day he tested negative, so he got taken off the list. I don't know, things are just wild right now. Uh, we got some guys opting out here and there. No other really big names that we've seen affecting the the fantasy world, like we had last week with Damian Williams. Uh, they didn't announce the opt out deadline is this Thursday. August 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So we should know uh, by then at least if any uh, any other big names are going to be opting out. All right, I'll be on my uh, my uh, news game, fantasy life news game all day so I can pick up some handcuffs, some, some RB, the third man, our running backs on the roster since I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to be on my P's and Q's tomorrow just making sure I do need some quarterbacks. So if a top starting quarterback does want to leave, let me know first, and so I can get your backup, please. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll reach out to you first. I appreciate it. I need all the help I can get. All right, dude. Um, I don't even really want to talk about COVID. I think it's going to happen. I looked at the Denver Broncos. They had, like, car wash sprayer when they're walking out on the field. <laughs> yeah, um, that sanitizer thing. Yeah. That can't be good. I don't know. You're right. Uh, whatever you can breathe that in no worry about it non-toxic mm-hmm. um i think that's what they're gonna be doing some weird shit uh the false positive is the only thing that would piss me off um yeah that would suck like a sunday morning test and then you get a false positive so you have to sit out the game and right then you go test on monday and it's negative it's like come on man you just cost me a game because of that exactly that's i think the one thing i gotta keep a lookout on um whew. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy season. It's definitely one you're going to have to pay attention to each and every, I want to say day, but definitely every week, 
every few days you're gonna have to be checking. I know it's like the fucking NBA fantasy now, dude. It's like you gotta check your lineup just to make sure everybody's playing. Right, right. Yeah, you never know when you gotta scoop up off the waivers and such. This year, all the people that look at their uh, roster once a week, they're gonna be in trouble. Very well could be. All right, man, let's do it. So today, folks, we are going to be doing, the, we did the don'ts, the do not draft list. Last week, we're going to be the do's, the must-haves this week. Um, we're not going to be going all uh, chalk because everybody knows you should draft C-Mac. Everybody knows you can draft Lamar Jackson. Everybody knows you can draft Michael Thomas. So we're going to go over the guys that we think, that we like, that if they fall to us, that's a steal, and also ones that... Hey, this might be your wide receiver one, and you didn't even know it. Truth, truth. Go ahead and uh, start us off, Coop. What you got with the first one? Okay, this is going to be fun. All right. <laughs> so my must-have, I'm going to go back with the running back. So I I think for the bank for your buck, where he is falling, um, you could get a solid wide receiver one and then draft this guy and be your running back one. And I'm going with Chris Carson as my must-have, my due draft. I think he's the most solid running back in his tier. There's not much risk involved. Um, he did get a little injured last year. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, with his carries and targets per game, it's up to 21, close to 22. That's right where Zeke and Saquon were last year. And he is in your, like, like in our dynasty, he dropped to me, what, I think it was round five or six, um, which is not going to happen. I think he's more of a three to four rounder. Yeah, you got him in the seventh round in that league. Jesus, that's a steal. Oh, my God. He is 66% or better last year as a RB2 um, in his games. And where he's at, I think it's a fucking steal. It's just a, it's a solid pick. That you cannot argue. He is a must-have. He is a do. He's what I look for in a running back. Solid runner. He's not going to blow it off. He's not going to give you some bust. He's just going to do the right thing and stack up some points for you and just set them and forget them. I feel like a goddamn rotisserie chicken right now, baby. Come on! <laughs> I like that Colin Carson, man. I'm a big fan of him as well. You know, back-to-back top 15 years at running back. You know the Seahawks love to run the ball. Uh, the only question is that hip, but... I mean, there's been no reports or anything saying it's it's bad, so I, I would look that as a good thing. So I think he's going to be ready to go. I like that call. Come on, let's go. Come on, put me on one. I mean, I, we've been talking about this guy quite a bit, but I'm going to go with Marquise Hollywood Brown here as my first guy. Uh, he's got an ADP of 78, so kind of middle of the sixth round, but it's just been climbing, man. I remember probably like a month ago, I was getting him in like ninth, tenth rounds in some mock drafts and now he's just climbing up, climbing up. So the price is getting a little steep, but still, if you can get him back, you know, in the seventh, eighth round, still, uh, I think it's a steal, dude. They just came out today, said he gained twenty three pounds this offseason. Twenty three pounds, dude. That's I love hearing that. But that, I mean, that only puts him up to one eighty, so it's not like he's a, like a big dude now. You know, he's so little before. Um, we'll see if he can keep the speed that he had before, even if he loses. a a little bit of a step. Like, I mean, he's still one of the faster guys in the league, so I don't think that's going to affect him at all. I compare him to a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's a good – because he's just – that speed, just give him the ball and just let him run with it. But he does have that boomer bust type game, same with Tyreek Hill, and it's less of a of a, of a, um, a risk because you don't have to draft him in the first round. Right, yeah, Tyreek's going round one, round two, whereas Hollywood's going, you know, sixth round, probably the earliest, maybe fifth if someone's reaching. But, yeah, if you can get him seventh, eighth, ninth round, I think it's a good spot. You know, he had the Liz Frank injury before the season last year, so he had a screw in his foot all year, and then he had a 
ankle sprain one of the weeks, I think week five. So now he's coming off healthy offseason. He's been training. You know, you don't just add 23 pounds when you're not healthy. So that should be healthy weight. And I'm just looking for this Ravens offense to throw the ball a little bit more than last year. I like that pick. He's definitely in my radar. He would on my list as well. Um, yeah, great pick. I, I like it. All right, I'm going to go with another pass catcher. Okay. 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 Um, I like to go uh, just like Michael Thomas, heavy share on the targets and solely on their offensive game and him being the, the I mean, wide receiver one, hands down on his team. Um, they picked up a speedster to help him out, kind of like the Wolf Fuller to D-Hop last year uh, mentality. Um, my guy, who I know you like, is DJ Moore. Oh, yeah. You're coming around on old DJ, I'm huh? coming around on him. I'm looking at I mean, he was at nine targets a game last year. He was solid. And they were clusterfuck for a little bit. I mean, for a lot of it in their whole offensive scheme last year. It was a C-Max show. I think with a solid quarterback who is a guy that will not, you know, risk it and not be throwing boneheaded uh, plays. Right. I think with Teddy Bridgewater there, he is a guy to look at for a solid uh, wide receiver too. Like I said, he could be a wide receiver one at the end of the year. Um, he was at 60% or better playing at his wide receiver two last year. Uh, and I, I was at wide receiver three, he was 80% or better during this game. So why I say this, the percentage, I'm looking at fancy pros. The That is um, just the percentage of like the bang or the boom or bust. The boom of the the wide receiver is 20 points or higher. The bus is eight points or less. He was solid as can be. Um, he was right in the middle where you want a wide receiver two. 6% boom, 13% bust. I don't care. He's a wide receiver two. This year is definitely going to improve him with the quarterback play. I think DJ Moore will get up there in the target share of even MT and D Hop in his new offense. I'm excited for this. I like that call, man. I'm glad you're coming around on him. Well, it's like there's who's gonna there has to be someone on their team. It's definitely mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson. He's the streamer, and you know Curtis Samuel can just whatever he wants to do. He's not gonna be on my team. Uh, their guy has to be DJ Moore, and uh, all all sides are pointing to him having a monster year. Yeah, I like that call. I think that. Teddy does fit that what DJ does very well, you know, give him the ball up on those slant routes, you know, out route, maybe a screen or something, just let him run with it. And you're saying you don't want Curtis Samuel on the team, but I'm gonna go ahead and skip down my list a little bit here. And I got Curtis Samuel on my list. Motherfucker, are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. So I mean I like I like DJ Moore too, but he bit me in the ass last year. He was supposed to be by who I'm calling my DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel was supposed to be him last year for me. Right. Yeah, he was he got a lot of hype last year and then, you know, Cam went down with the injury and then the quarterback play just just killed his value. Uh he's ranked right now right next to Robbie Anderson, wide receiver fifty six and fifty seven. Um I just I think Robbie Anderson's not that great a receiver in my eyes. I think he's like a like a DJX light type. He just, you know, runs a deep route here and there. You know, he'll catch a deep pass and that that'll be all he does. Uh Curtis Daniel still had hundred and six targets last year. So I I mean this offense Matt Rule came out Matt Rule came out and said he wants Samuel line up all over the field, you know, get him out wide, put him in slot, even put him in the backfield like he did Ohio State. So that's I think just that, that's red flag for me. That's Tavon Austin all day for me. Oh, okay. You don't like that he spread you want him to just stay on the the outside or in the slot all the time? I mean I mean go go gadget, you ain't gonna get fantasy points doing that. You're gonna get hurt. Oh, true, true. 
having to run up against those big linemen as a wide receiver. But yeah, I think uh, Sam, he's got good value right now. I mean, he's going in like the 13th round. That's the only reason I, that he's on this I list for me. He reminds me of like a Paris Campbell. I think they're both in mm-hmm. the same position. Like they can, uh, they can be, they can make a break. You, they can make you look really good this year if you draft one of them and they, they go out and kill. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that's changed since last year when he had all the hype was, I mean, you're going from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater, which, I mean, you would think is a downgrade overall, but Cam as a passer versus Teddy as a passer, I, I don't think are too far apart. And then just adding Robbie Anderson to the mix, I think, is what puts Curtis Samuel down a little bit more. But he was so hyped up last year, so I just don't want to forget about all that hype that he had. Then you know the hype didn't come out of nowhere. He's still a good player out there. So I, I get on board with both these Carolina receivers. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, I like that. Uh, it's risky, but hey, you gotta risk it. They get the biscuit type. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, in the thirteenth round, you're not really risking much. That is true. That is true. Um. All right, well, this one, I'm going to go back to a well-named guy. He's going to be a running back. I think he's on everybody's do not draft list. And I'm telling you, where he is falling, he is of value, if not a steal. And that is Le'Veon Bell. Oh, I like that. Uh, I, I was at thinking this... about putting him in there, but I never, I didn't, couldn't commit to it, so I'm glad you did. Oh, I, I, where he is falling, he keeps falling he's uh ranked right now in this uh ranking at 19 this is a ppr right i'm just looking on the top of my screen um but he's right around where my boy chris carson he's 16 to 20 is chris carson james connor he falls right with todd Gurley. Le'Veon bell is right there with him he mm-hmm. is ungodly as an rb2 percentage or better he was last year 66 percent at rb3 he was 93 percent okay Oh yeah, that, consistent. So that is the sixty-six percent was twelfth best as a running back, and if he's falling to you in the range of your your second running back or third running back, that's all you want. He he's killing. That means he's above and beyond as your. He was the what I'm gonna say. I'm looking at his stats right now. Twenty-one point five percent was his targets and uh, carries in the game, and he's falling at the nineteenth. That's I mean you can't beat that. I think he is a steal. He keeps dropping because everybody's got. Hurt, backstab, you know, by him in the past. Um, this season, he is where I think where he's drafted, where he, people hate on him, and I, I'm gonna pick him up. He's he's gonna fall. I'm gonna catch. The dude <laughs> is a steal because he's throwing up decent stats. He's solid as can be. He's not gonna be that that touchdown monster, but I think Gase is gonna utilize him better this year because that's all they have. I mean, they really don't have much on their weapons. He might be the only guy. They got some, you know, Denzel Zims. They got uh, Perriman. There's nobody else of his stature on that team. They're going to feed this guy. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. You know Frank Gore is there, right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to do a vulture noise right now. I don't know what a vulture is, but that motherfucker, bowling ball. Hey, if all I care about is Le'Veon, consistency, get that RB2, He's still going to average, what, four to five touchdowns, maybe three because Frank Gore is going to get at least six to eight because he's going to be at the goal line. Um, Le'Veon is still a steal, and I'm going to put him on my due draft because people are hating on him, and that man still can ball. I like that. Uh, that was 
you know, like I said, I was going to put him on the list. I just couldn't commit to it. But yeah, I like his, uh, his receiving that he had last year. 78 targets, 66 catches. Um, I would like to see the touchdowns go up. Like you said, he only had four total touchdowns. I think that offense should be better this year, that Sam Darnold should be around for the full season. You know, he had that mono and then had that, um, that Monday night game where they kind of exposed him and said he was seeing ghosts and whatnot. You know, that's got to kill your confidence as a starting QB. So I think the Jets should be better on offense this year. And Le'Veon is definitely going to be part of that. His boomer bust percentage, though, was, I mean, right where he wanted to be. Um, the boom was 0%, which was 25 <laughs> points or higher. His bust, though, was only 6%. So he had one game at seven points or lower. So that's consistent as can be. I, I, Mike Evans threw up a goose egg last year, and he's still getting drafted in the top seven or eight wide receivers in the game. This guy is, is going to give you some points. As an RB2, you can't ask for more than that. I mean, if he gives you 13 to 15 points in the game, I'm happy as can be. I'm happy as a clam. Yeah, he's going to – I mean, he's going to hit – double digits almost every week just from his catches alone and then you just add some rushing yards in there maybe throw a rushing touchdown and then maybe you do hit that boom percent or that 25 point boom man stop rapping too asshole (laughs) did you hear some of his songs man bars are terrible man oh man struggling definitely a better football player than rapper that's why I'm drafting him. Yes, sir. All right. Well, you, you mentioned his name right there. And um, my next one here is Mike Evans. Okay. Okay. Big Mike. Big Mike. You know, getting drafted kind of around the second, third round turn. Slipping a little bit into the third, later in the third in some drafts. Uh, he's wide receiver nine in consensus ranks, right behind Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson. Well, I think I would take Mike Evans over both those guys. I think that the downfall of Mike Evans, or what they're talking about the downfall is, is that you're going from Winston to Brady, and that Brady's not going to be able to throw as much as Winston, or he's not going to throw the deep ball and just degaff it out there to him. But, I, I mean, I don't really see this. I just see that the offense is going to be more efficient than it was with Winston. You know, Winston threw 30 picks last year. Brady's not going to throw 30 picks. I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I just, I mean, every year he's played. He's played six years in his career. He's 1,000 yards every year. Uh, he was wide receiver 15 last year, and he missed three games. You know, if he plays that other three games, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't end up in a top five wide receiver. And I think we're going to be, we would be talking about him in the, you know, the top seven top eight wide receivers this year minus that goose egg he's a rotisserie chicken set him and forget him yeah yeah i mean it was it was a weird definitely a weird year for the bucks last year with their offense and what was going on just you know some games winston would throw for 500 yards and next he would throw for six picks so it was a lot more up and down i think and i think brady's gonna bring the stability to that offense it's gonna be a good offense man i want to get a part of it and i'm happy i think evans is very fairly priced where he's at i got no problem taking him there and definitely, if he falls a little bit, I'm definitely going to be scooping him up. Scoop. And this, I mean, he might be the best receiver Brady's played with since Randy Moss. What happened there? Buckets. Yeah, buckets. I mean, he's played with all these little slot guys and stuff, but, you know, he you say had slut? slot, slut, whatever ah, you want to call him. Julian and Edelman, a little slut game. I, I like it, though. I think Big Mike is a solid pick, man. I he's And again, if that boy keeps dropping, I, if he falls... I'm going to catch. <laughs> That's all you've been doing, man. Just catching. Well, these guys are gr- good guys. And I don't know what, like, I'm looking at the numbers, and they're not risky at all. No. They're, they're, they're solid as can be. They're, and they're, they're, a lot of their booms, is up, the boom is up there, too, with Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. What do you, he had, like, a 45, 46-point game last year or something. I mean. He went off that one game. I'm looking at 
Johnny Manziel and how he fizzled out, you have a strong argument that Mike Evans made Johnny football. Possibly. Possibly. Could have helped him out a little bit. Whew. I mean, you, you got a dude at 6'5", running all the way down the field. All you got to do is close your eyes and throw it. I mean, Mike Evans is probably going to come down with it. Yep, I'm with you. Yes, sir. All right, I'm throw one in there. Yeah, let me see what you got next here. I'm going strictly on uh, targets a game, man. Targets a game for wide receivers I am going to go to. The highest one in this segment, which uh, he keeps he's flirting with almost you know being too pricey for me because some people, I keep talking about him, you keep talking about him, is Bobby Trees, dude. Hey, he's on my list too, man. I mean, Bobby Trees targets a game last year was over nine. You can't, I mean, as your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, you can't compete. That's perfect. Uh, if you're wide receiver two and wide receiver three are, only, are averaging 10 targets a game, I'm happy. And I think he's going to average more because of where he's at uh, with Brandon Cooks being gone, um, with Cooper Cup, I guess. I mean, people are putting up as ahead of him sometimes. Um, as their wide receiver one, wide receiver two, that's competition for him. And Bobby Trees loves competition. Um, he's going to show out. He's just going to be solid as can be. Uh, boom was 20%. Bust was 26 I think that 26 is going to go down with the share with Brandon Cooks gone. And I am all for Bobby Trees this year. 2020 is the year for the trees. I'm with it, man. You know, he had 130 targets in 2018. That was the year that uh, Cooper Cup had the ACL in the second half. And then last year he had 139 targets. And that was when Cooks was out for, I think it was four games with the concussion and whatnot. And then this year, you know, Cooks is gone. Cup is still there, but Cup is more of a slot receiver. You know, he hasn't really played on the outside too much. And I think the third person in line for targets on this team is either going to be a tight end or a running back. I don't. There's no third reason. Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson don't really – Seemed like a threat to me to Bobby Trees out here. And he's going to score more than two touchdowns this right. year. Right. Yeah, two touchdowns was so low last year. If, if he, let's say he has the same stat line and gets five to six touchdowns, he is without a doubt, I think, the best wide receiver, too. I'll put him in where he's at the ADP in the NFL. I mean, there was five players last year that hit 150 targets. That was Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Julian Edelman, and DeAndre Hopkins. All five of those guys were top eight wide receivers in PPR last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if Woods could get 139 targets with Brandon Cooks there and Cooper Cup playing, and now you take away Brandon Cooks. Mr. 150 this year, boy. He could easily hit 150 targets. Bobby easily. Trees. Bobby Trees is a good pick, man. It's a must-have. He's a great for, uh, if you're going running back heavy early, maybe you go three straight running backs, and then Bobby Trees in the fourth round. Oh, that's hey, a good hey. setup right there. I like that setup. Keep that strategy to yourself, man. That's my, come on. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Yeah, I love it. Um, we're both big on Bobby Trees this year. Name somebody else, man. We're, we're, we're rolling right now, man. Let's go. Well, I'll just build off of Bobby Trees, Robert Woods there, and I'll take this quarterback and Jared Goff. I'm not, I don't think you're going to like this one. but No, keep going. Talk about it. Uh, I mean, he's going to the 12th round. I think that's like pretty normal for uh, his style of quarterback. He's quarterback 18 in the ranks consensus, which doesn't make sense to me because he was QB 13 last year, and all he really lost was Brandon Cook. Um, and Brandon Cooks didn't have a great season last year out there in L.A., so I don't see why the, the dip on his price right now, but I'm, I'm all for buying that dip. 
Um, I think he obviously he lost Cooks and then he lost Todd Gurley as well, but he gained Cam Akers in the draft and then both his tight ends should come back healthy. There was only a few games last year where both Higby and Everett were both on the field and healthy playing. And I think once you get both those guys on the field, that's going to help out Goff. Um, obviously, you got Woods and you got Cup there. And then once they went to that 12 personnel package at the end of last year, it was the last five games, Goff averaged 20 fantasy points per game. Yeah. Whereas he was averaging 13 points in the first 11 weeks. And this team would, I mean, golf tied with Winston for the most passing attempts last year, 626. He was QB1 40, 43% of the time last year. 43% of the time he was QB1. And I mean, as a late round quarterback drafter, or try to be a late round quarterback, I think he's a great target for that. I mean, he had a TD percentage was two years prior to last year was 5.9 and 5.7%. And then last year it dipped all the way down to 3.5%. So I think that number's got to go up. I see him getting more than his 22 passing touchdowns last year. I mean, Gurley had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. He's a big dude, 6'1", 225. Cam Akers is only 5'10", 215, so he's a little bit smaller, and maybe he doesn't have a, a knack for the goal line running like Gurley did. I mean, Gurley is just a touchdown machine. Like, you get inside the 5 or the 10, you just give it to him. He's going to find a way to get in the end zone. And maybe Akers is that guy. Maybe he's not. But I just see him – I see Goff throwing for more than 22 touchdowns this year. Yeah, I mean, you have uh... – a guy like Daniel Jones ahead of him, guys like Ryan Tannehill. You have guys like Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think Goff showed better prowess than all of them. Yeah, I think those other guys are you're paying for the the hype or you're paying for the potential of those guys. Whereas Goff, you're just buying and you know what you're going to get from Goff. Like, yeah, I mean, he might throw, you know, a little a 10 or 12 point week randomly in there. But, I mean, he's going to throw a 30, 40 point game too. And then the other games, he's going to be pretty consistent. Well, if you draft him in the 10th, 12th, 13th round, who gives a fuck if he's giving you 12 points? You got, you got badass. Hopefully you have a badass team right now because you didn't burn it on the quarterback that's going to give you the same amount of points anyways. Right, yeah. Feel it. You're, you're, it's working. I'm not there yet, but it's working. Hey, you can't run on DJ Moore. I'll get you on Jared Goff by the season. I got a couple weeks left. All right, let's put another one on there. So this is between DK Metcalf, who I've been picking up left and right, yep. and Kelvin Ridley as my two guys who are going to go off this next year. They're right next to each other, aren't they? Yeah, they're right next to each other. Oh, uh, Metcalf's a little lower, actually. In the ranks, I guess, but in ADP, they're right next to each other. Yeah, 16 and um, 22. So 16, 22, that's PPR rankings. This is a big year for Kelvin. He has all the tools. He was at 7% boom, 30% bust last year. He gets injured. Uh, those stats kind of, you know, whatever. You still have a target monster who gets 10 plus a game. And your boy Julio, who will go down, is probably the greatest wide receiver of all time. I'm telling you right now, lock it in. Hey. Um, it's just the, the targets need to go up, the injuries need to go down, and the bust need to go down as well. He needs to be consistent. He needs that almost that Bobby Trees type of stat line to be valuable here because it's a little high for me because it just pumped up DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is going to have tons of more opportunity than Kelvin Ridley. So Kelvin Ridley has to do what he can do with the opportunities he have. First off, you got to stay in the fucking field, though, buddy. Um, that's why I like DK Metcalf a little bit more. He's going to edge out, I think, Kelvin Ridley. I'm talking myself out of Kelvin and put DK ahead of him just because of what uh, what we saw in the second half of that season. I think um, with w- rookie wide receivers, they kind of slow, especially at a, a, a someone like Russell Wilson, it takes some time because he's so athletic to get used to how he plays. 
At second half of the season, though, that dude was a stud. And I think he's going to go into his sophomore, second season in the NFL and increase that target share, increase that. Maybe Tyler Lockett's going to come down a little bit. DK Metcalf's going to come up. And I think DK Metcalf is going to be a lock, must-have, put him down, ink him on the team as a wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver one at the end of this year. Possibly, man. I like both those guys. You know, I think the what you're saying about Ridley is all true. You know, he's got to get his targets up. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, I think with the trade of Sanu last year, you know, those three or four, I think it was four, maybe five games after Sanu had left that Ridley, you know, his targets really went up. Like yeah. it was, he went five, eight, 14, 10, and then he got hurt with only five targets. So the targets were going up with those three games there at eight, 14, and 10. So I think it is, it, the arrow is pointing up for Ridley, but he's got to stay on the field. He's got to be healthy. Yeah, um, it's big. If he has a, another iffy year, I'm, I'm, he's definitely not. I mean, I don't even care if Julio is off the team or he's 38 or 30, you know, 30-10. He's going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever he is. He's not going to age. But um, Kelvin Ridley, this is his monster year. If he can't uh, surpass someone like – if he if he falls, if Cooper Cup has a better year than him, Kelvin Ridley's undraftable for me for the rest of his career. I mean, he's getting drafted right around – you said he was wide receiver – 16? 16, yeah. In that 16 to 19 range, he's usually falling in. So, I mean, you're, you're pretty much paying at what where you think he's going to end up. I mean, he was 27 last year, 22 his rookie year. Um, yeah. Definitely being helped out by his touchdowns. He had seven last year, 10 his rookie year. It was definitely helping him in the scoring department, but it was only 92 and 93 targets those years. And without Sanu there, without Hooper there, you know, Hayden Hurst is there, but he's obviously a new target. But they don't have anybody after. I mean, Laquan Treadwell is, and Russell Gage are their third and fourth receivers. Yeah, he has to step up. I mean, Todd Gurley might get a couple of those dump downs, other than that, he is the the rock solid wide receiver two on their team, and he better show up. I mean, he's better. He he has to. I mean, Atlanta throws the ball over pretty much over six hundred times a year, anyways. So he's gonna be on the field. He's gonna be getting the targets. Just gotta stay healthy with them. And then I'm with you on DK Metcalf, man. He's been climbing for me as well. Just the way he showed out at the end of last year, like you were saying, then in the playoffs, he was looking juicy out there. Uh, just so, I mean, 6'4", 230, just a beast. He's still so young. He's just like a raw talent still. He's still learning how to play receiver in the NFL, I think. And once he figures that out, I mean, the sky's the limit for this dude. Yep. Um, I'm with you. Uh, he's a freak. So are you taking so because Lockett and Metcalf going right around? I think we've talked about this before, but are you are you going Metcalf over Lockett right now, or where are you at? I am going to go Metcalf over Lockett. Their target share is very similar. Um, Lockett's oh, pretty much at seven. Um, Metcalf is at a six. I just think the size, the the second half of that year, and Tyler Lockett seems like he's falling into his role as a second-tier guy on a team. Yeah, he's not really a wide receiver one. Exactly. The way he he plays, I think he is definitely a, like you would say, a change of pace type of guy. Right. Um, I I think DK is going to settle in as that stud, as that wide receiver one. Um, It kind of reminds me of, oh shit, Tory Krug is fighting right now. Chuck and Nux in NHL. Um, <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me, I wish I the guy you picked up is A.J. Brown. I wish his targets, I wish his offense was better. Because um, yeah. that guy is similar to me. I mean, they were on the same team in college. But similar to me, how this guy is coming into, like, I want to be wide receiver one. I don't think Tyler Lockett had that mentality coming in. Maybe he did. I can't speak for him. But the way the game is going, the way A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf showed out last uh, second half of the season – 
Those two guys are on my radar just on the target share and offense. I put DK ahead of even AJ Brown, who's higher than him. I can see that, and I think he's got he's got the most potential. I think out of those guys, he were out of the four, out of AJ Brown, Ridley, Lockett, and Metcalf. I think Metcalf definitely has the highest ceiling of all those guys. Just the way he's built and the way his speed, just the way he plays out there is is crazy. So yep. I like that call. I like Metcalf. I like Ridley. I like Lockett. I like Brown. You know, I like them. These guys at the top, man. It's like and we we like them all. It's just a matter of who you like more. Yeah. Are right, we got? This guy, I think we've been talking. I feel like I just keep talking about the same dude, but it's Ronald Jones, man. Uh, running back for the Buccaneers. He's going in the middle of the seventh round right now, but he's steadily climbing. He's uh, climbing up and definitely to after today, uh, Bruce Arians came out and said that Ronald Jones is the main guy. I think it was his exact words. Yeah, he's the main guy and that McCoy, Agumbawale, and Keyshawn Vaughn are going to be fighting for roles. Um, obviously, Vaughn is on the COVID list still. Sean McCoy was just signed there. And Dare Agumbawale has been there. But I think McCoy and Agumbawale are just the receiving backs, which kind of hampers Ronald Jones' upside. Because he's not going to be the three-down stud that you might be looking for in a running back. But I was looking. So he's ranked RB31 right now, Ronald Jones is, on a, on a Tom Brady offense. So he's the he's the rusher. He's the goal line back on a Tom Brady offense. And, yeah, I get it's the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. But last year, Sony Michelle was ranked RB18 as the same kind of play. You know, he wasn't the passing down back. He wasn't going to be out there on third downs. So I don't get why this, there's a 13-spot discrepancy between the two. And it's not like Sony was that great his rookie year. He's, it wasn't doing anything crazy. Ronald Jones hasn't done anything crazy. I think they both showed a little bit. So I don't get why he's so, he's ranked down so low. Well, this is the people that are ahead of him. Sony, like you just said, Marlon Mack, Carrion Johnson. I, I, it's, he's going to pump up after B.A.'s talking, you know, pumping him up right now. But as of yep. now, he is... I would put him over uh, DeAndre Swift. I might even put him over Kareem Hunt because if if I would call him Rojo, if Rojo is mm-hmm. the man on that Tampa Bay offense, he's the RB one. You got to put him ahead of even Raheem Mostert sometimes, like because they're they're fighting for position. If he's if BA's coming right now saying hey he's our running back one, I would put. I mean Jonathan Taylor is questionable of being running back one. He's picked up higher than David Johnson's too. It's like. These right. guys are Mark Ingram. These guys are fighting for position. And BAs are saying we got our guy. He is juicy enough to be in that conversation in that I would say that upper to lower 20, 20 range in the ADP. So last year he had one hundred seventy two carries. He played all sixteen games. And Payne Barber had one hundred fifty four carries. He's obviously he's moved on to the the Washington football team. Yeah, I think every running back's on that team. Ron, yeah, true. They got a lot of them boys. Uh, I see a path for Ronald Jones to hit two hundred carries this year and. <sighs> So last year, and he had 11 games with more than 10 carries, right? Yeah, he averaged 13 carries a game. 13 carries a game. Yeah, so in those 11 games with more than 10 carries, so the games he was actually getting a good amount of carries, getting a flow out there, he put up 12 points per game and a half PPR. In over 16-game um, stretch, that would be 193 fantasy points. That would have been RB16 last year. Yep. I mean, what else would you want from your running back, too? And this guy's being ranked as RB31, being drafted in the middle of seventh round? Like, why? He's a steal to me right now. Um, I know he's going to come up. I see him probably maybe plateauing by about, like, fifth, maybe sixth round after all this hype's coming up and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping the McCoy news would kind of hold him back, but then BA came out today and said the stuff. So, I think he's just going to keep – Keep climbing. I think McCoy's there for uh, uh, to push him into being making the team. I, there's no, I mean, it's not like Shady's for sure going to make the 53. So if uh, Agumbiale or whatever, 
Ooh, that was close. It's close, right? Gets that little bit of pressure, then that makes you know him that much better, and it makes everybody that much better. Put in a, a obviously a, a huge big time vet. Um, you might, I mean, Shady. I don't know how he is with other uh, the running back rooms, but you might show him something. Might not. Who cares? Going to put a little bit of effort into it. Rojo. I mean, they pumping up Rojo up. He better show out. Then. Yeah, he's got the potential. I mean, he's still young. I think he's 22 or 23. He's yeah. still kind of a raw talent, kind of like we were talking about with DK Metcalf. So I see him uh, having a good year. I'll take yeah. that at the price range, too. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, All right. What do we got? How many, how many more do you want to hit? Uh, I just got one more, really. So uh, you can do one. You can do two. You can do three. You can do four. I don't really care. I hear you. I'm going to do just one. I'm going to give okay. you another uh, pass catcher because I like I, – See, this is, I'll give you uh, one and I'll give you a uh, fun fact that why I didn't pick another one, which is crazy to me. Oh, I like fun facts. Oh, I lied. We're going to go, we're going to go running backs. It's just going to be it. Running back show. I don't, uh, quarterbacks, pick whoever the fuck you want. Um, <laughs> you can reach, you can do whatever you want. Um, my running back that I like, and it's risky, but I've been picking him up in my league. I like him as my pickup. He's going down low, and that is uh, Naheem Hines from Indiana, Indianapolis Colts. I like Hines. I like his uh, what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, it's uh, boring. I was going to put Miles Sanders, but everybody, he's just too hot to even put him in there. I was going to yeah. put David Johnson. He's too hot. I think people out there, they know these guys. Um, I think for running back flex, running back three, Hines is an interesting pick as your fifth pick, fifth or Running back, you draft. I don't. His uh, he had six, seven. Let's say seven, seven carries and targets. Everything is going to be a catch with him, and that's what makes him juicy in this offense with Philly Rivers. You know, I was going to throw Philly Rivers on there. <laughs> Just the way he is with oh, Eckler, I think he he utilizes that pass catching wide receiver or excuse me, running back so so well compared to other people. Um, and the way his arm talent is going down, that running back position is going to get juicier and juicier. With cat pass catching, and I think Hines is their best wide receiver. I I don't like uh, picking JT too high. I don't like pick. I, I like Marlon Mack. He's there if he drops. Definitely scoop him up. But as a pass catching, your let's say you're running back five or six that you, you you draft. He's getting drafted ADP fifty second in the running backs. Um, he has an up. Uh, he has a potential to be there. Um, like you said before, who we just talked about there. Um, your uh, Shady McCoy, your your yeah. guy, your Kareem Hunt, whatever you want to call it, is your pass catching running back. He has an opportunity to be there. I think with Philly Rivers, knowing how he, I would say, molded these running backs into these pass catching studs, even with Melvin Gordon there, uh, Eckler, the list goes down. Um, Danny Woodhead, show me what's up. Hey, people like that. Hines can be a stud, and he is someone to watch. Um, like I said before. He's definitely not uh, anywhere close to being draftable in your first or second running back, but he's a guy that you should watch out. He's definitely on my radar as a fill-in for a flex or RB position when you need one. 
Yeah, I think that I think he's a good pickup, especially for this year with all the the COVID stuff. Like we were talking, you know, someone gets deactivated Sunday morning or something. And you got Hines just sitting on your bench. You just throw him in the lineup because he's gonna catch a few passes here and there, and all he needs is one. Just get a big gain. You know, maybe the Colts are losing. You know, Hines. I think Hines is gonna be that guy if the Colts are playing from behind. I don't see Marlon Mack or JT uh, being the receiving back there. I think it's gonna be Hines, and like you said, Rivers. You know, he loves dumping it off. He doesn't like taking sacks, so once he feels a little bit of pressure, he's going to dump it to his running back right away. Yeah, and the other guy, so this is the iffy, you know, other running back you need is Justin Jackson. So that high is Justin Jackson from similar positions as their backup running backs on their team. Both of them have a chance to be studs in their new offense. Um, with Justin Jackson taking the Melvin Gordon role, um, that's another guy to look after. But the Hines, Justin Jackson type guys, these are the guys that you can fill in for injury or fill in for the COVID or fill in for a bye week. These guys you can you can plug mm-hmm. and play. And, I mean, they might give you, you know, 10 to, if they score a touchdown, 15 points. Hey, I'll roll with that all day. I like it. Yeah, I like Justin Jackson, too, as a, as a late-round target. Him and Hines are ranked right next to each other. Uh, I think there's good spots for them to go just later in the draft and just load up on these backup running backs, Maybe you know, cash in a lottery ticket. Maybe there's a starter come week two or three or something. Fun fact. Fun fact for running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, Le'Veon Bell, I put him as my starter, like as a guy to, to play. Everybody hates him. Another guy who's picking up hate left and right, everybody's do-not-draft list this year, um, is Leonardo Fornetto. <laughs> is that how you say Leonardo yeah. Fornetto? Yes, he is new. Um, they just—he's a transfer from AC Milan, Italy. Um, <laughs> he is eighty-six percent or better as RB two in his percentage last year. Eighty-six or better. Eighty-six percent. Um, the thing is, it's that passing down work. Is if it's gonna stay or not? The Mister Jay Gruden, who uh, loves him some cheerleaders, uh, is the new OC there. Fun fact. The highest ranked running back in a Jay Gruden offense, uh, number-wise, uh, let's say 1 through 50. What is the highest ranked running back in Jay Gruden's office? You give me the number. What do you think? Like where they finished at the end of the year? Where they finished end of the year. The highest running back. He had some studs throughout the years. What do you think is the highest he's ever had? As a head coach or does offense coordinator both, count? As both. Head coach or offensive coordinator. This is through his history. Uh... As, as OC or head coach. Running back 16. God damn, you're good. Running back 13 was the highest Ooh, running back okay. in his offense ever. Went. So to pick Leo as your running back one could be tough. Um, yeah. It's going to be a tough one. I kind of was reading up on him. He is definitely, if he falls, I will catch. But he is a guy that, um, and now looking at the stats and looking at the forecast of the season, um, it's a big question if Le'Veon or Leo Fournette are there. It was like uh, two weeks ago. I'm going Fournette and laughing to the bank. This time, this is why we do this show. I'm doing the stats. I'm looking at what I can do in the outlet, um, the outlook of this this season. And Le'Veon might be overstepping Leo for me, and it's crazy. I don't know. I was big on Leo. I still am. I drafted him in our dynasty. He's still good. Obviously, he's 86 or better in RB2. That's juicy. But this Jake Gruden character, his morals are not correct, and he's coming <laughs> with my mojo. I feel that, man. I think Le'Veon is safer than Fournette right now. Yes, because you don't. he might get traded. He might get traded. Uh, I just don't to see... To the Washington yeah. Redskins. I mean, for another running back. I mean, they have so many. Why does he get another one, mm-hmm. you know? Jake Gruden he's, those people there. He's not getting 100 targets again. That's what... 
I mean, he had 100 targets, 76 catches last year. I I don't there, I just don't see that happening. I mean, Reichwell Armstead was their backup last year. They brought in Chris Thompson this year. You know, Chris Thompson, all he does is catch passes. He doesn't run the ball. Yeah. So I don't. I just don't see 100 targets. I think he's gonna get. You know, maybe. If I had to put a number on it, probably like 70 targets. So yeah. that's probably going to be like 40, 50 catches, which is almost almost half of what he did last year. Yeah. But, I mean, the, he only scored three touchdowns. So if those touchdowns come up, man, it could just offset everything. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I like Leo too, but he's definitely not someone I am reaching out to get. But, it, yep. like you said, if he falls, I'm catching every time. Okay. All right, so my uh, my last one here, it's, it's not really one. It's kind of just a bunch of them, I guess. It's just handcuffs in general, and it's not your own handcuffs. So for this year, I'm you know, usually in the past years, I like having like my, you know, if I had Todd Gurley, I liked having uh, Michael Brown or Daryl Henderson. You know, I like having the backup to my top running back. But this year, man, with the COVID and everything, I think it's going to be beneficial to have other handcuffs. So, you know, let's say you draft Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I'm going to try to draft Tony Pollard. Someone else drafts it, Alvin Kamara. I'm going to try to draft Latavius Murray, you know, Madison, Darrington Evans, Gio Bernard, Boston Scott, Chase Evans, like these guys. Just because, you know, you don't want to root for your guy to get hurt. Yeah, sure. Sure, if your guy gets hurt, then yeah, you slide that guy right in. But a lot of times we don't know how the handcuff's going to work out. You know, are these guys going to be productive? Are they going to be startable? Are they going to bring in a a third guy to mix in with these guys? Uh, I just think having someone else's handcuff is going to be more beneficial this year, being that you could get with these two roster spots, your starting running back and someone else's handcuff, you could end up with two starting starters on your team rather than if you have your own handcuff that's two roster spots for one player essentially this year and this year in general you're just going to need as many roster spots as you can and I don't want to I don't want to lock up my own handcuffs by doing that I'm with you on that like you get other people's handcuffs and you're juicy and you got trade bait if you if these yep. guys are thirsty enough big trade uh, like yeah said, there's so many there's Zach Moss JK Dobbins you got Justin Jackson, like we said, Boston Scott. I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony McFarland, Josh Kelly. I mean, Patrick Laird is a stud. Patrick Laird, what a name. I went a little too far now. That's but your you boy. Know yeah. Hey, Snell. I mean, Chris Thompson, we just talked about. Like, they could, I mean, there's so many guys you could pick up as the handcuffs. And um, like you said, two-week uh, COVID automatic, bro, these guys are RB1s. Yep. Yeah, and even, you know, the Sunday morning, Saturday Sunday test, you know, they test and then it's like, hey, I got the starter this week. I might play him over, you know, I got Deshaun Jackson in my flex usually or something. I mean, now I got a starting running back I can put in my flex instead. And I'm not losing yeah, exactly. the the starting running back that I had in place already. I still have him plus someone else's starting running back. So exactly. I think this year's the handcuffs, you know, the backup running backs, that's definitely what I'm looking to load up later in the draft. It's just all these backup running backs. The year for Fifty Shades of Grey. Handcuffs, pause. <laughs> Who's been oh. watching some movies? Hey, man, I've been locked in here, man. I need some material. That's true. That's true. Shit, dude. That's a good list, man. I think hey. we covered a lot. Covered a lot of people that are, I mean, everybody knows the top tens. You know what I mean? Everybody knows right. what they, you know, I think adding a little flavor, adding what, what our guys, how we like them, our mentality on how we draft, what this outlook of this year is going to be like, some strategy was involved today. Um, big time, baby. It's coming. Training cat's coming. We're going to be doing this. Um... Uh, no, I mean to be all serious. Just uh, I think some of these guys are not going to tell the truth about the old who they've been around. If you know what I'm saying, they want to play. Right. Yeah. Oh no, I wasn't out getting uh, some wings from Magic City last night. What are you talking no, about? That wasn't. That was an old photo. I was just reminiscing the past. <laughs> right. So it's going to be an interesting season, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, you got anything else to share? 
not much, man. Just getting, uh, you know, it's about time to these drafts are probably going to be starting here in what, like three, four weeks. You know, season starts in five weeks. So, you know, just getting ready for it. I'm excited. Get your notes ready. I guess they're mocking again, man. I've been mocking uh, in five hours. It's, five, it's been at least five, you know. You got to get them You gotta get them in, reps. You know, get those reps in. All right, dude. Um, Everybody, we're about to be out. Hopefully, they have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Um, Hopefully, there's not any big news Thursday. No starters. Um, Nobody in my Dynasty League you're staying in. Don't opt out. Please. I'm done. I'm with it, man. Can't lose anybody else. All right. Bless them. Peace. Peace.